Good morning, Australia. It's the Tokyo's 2020 podcast, boys, here, ready to get you up to date with day four's happenings from Tokyo and get you ready for another big day of action from the Japanese capital. I'm joined tonight by my esteemed co-host, Mr. Oliver Lemke. How are you travelling, mate? Mate, travelling very well. Pumped. Good to hear. And Tommy, mate, Tommy Murphy for first-time listeners. How'd you find day four? Hey, looking forward to day five. Tell me what's happening, mate. Oh, it was a bit turbulent, mate, to be honest. Um, some highs, some lows, but uh, overall, um, we're very much looking forward to day six's action. Absolutely, we are. Day five, I think you mean. And day, day six. Four. We're looking forward to both. All, I'm yeah. all of it. I'm looking seven, forward to eight, day nine, seven, eight, eight, nine. Yeah. And the Paralympics after that as well. So let's let's get into it, shall we, lads? All right, kicking off this morning, early start, probably weren't up for you, Ollie. Uh, 7.30, the women's triathlon. We had three girls in action, Ash Gentle, Jazz Hedgeland, and Emma Jeffcoat. Jeffcoat finished the best of the Aussies in 23rd. Unfortunately, the other two failed to finish. Uh, the big story there, though, was the winner, Flora Duffy, who took home the first ever gold medal for a, the tiny Caribbean nation state of Bermuda. And I believe in some circles, they're actually calling it the Bermuda Triathlon. Um, we actually had a question coming come through from one of our follow, uh, sorry, one of our um, first followers on Twitter, Mr. Jack Hill. G'day, Jack, if you're listening again today. Jack's question read, G'day, gents. Got a question for the pod. After taking out the triathlon and claiming Bermuda's first ever Olympic gold, does Flora Duffy now surpass Dwayne Leverock as their greatest ever sports person? I'll throw to you first, Tommy. Uh, oh, look, outstanding achievement for Flora. I just don't know. I mean, how do we measure greatness? If it means that uh, you're constantly featuring in memes decades after you've actually competed, then I don't think she's ever going to surpass Dwayne, to be honest. What about you, Ollie? What do you reckon? No, nah, mate, I'm not going not gonna to go that far until she takes an absolute screamer from second slip. Then, yeah, no, nah, not, not bothered. Personally, as another big fella in the field, um, when I was playing cricket, I used to get shafted down to long on. So um, I think Dwayne's first great achievement was being given the responsibility of fielding at second slip. Um, and then his ability to take screamers only further cemented his position in history. But the first ever gold medal for Bermuda, it's pretty pretty solid effort. So shout out to you, Flora. You're right up there. Um, and then we had the surfing, Ollie. You're all over that. Tell us, Talk us through the day there. Well, it was rough conditions today. They've had some... Uh, up and down surf over the last couple of days. But uh, the typhoon that uh, hit overnight in Japan, that really brought the swell and looked like a miserable time in the water. But uh, Owen Wright made the most of it. He uh, made light work of the Peruvian Luca Messina this morning. Um, and then that sent him through to the semi-final. Uh, he came up against Brazilian world number two, Italio Ferreira, uh, who was unfortunately too good. Um, just progressing through to the finals, 13.17 to Wright's score of 12.47. I think all three of us thought that Wright was scored quite harshly in one of his rides and could have have been perhaps a little hard done by. Maybe a story for another day. Yeah, I have to admit I'm not the biggest surfing watcher, but I did think that his um, surf to, I think, or his wave, I guess you'd call it, to um, catch up to his opponent in that race seemed to be a little bit sus. I think they actually uh, rounded it down as well. So they're actually tied on points after that. And then he just struggled to find another wave, didn't he? You see it the same way, Tom? Yeah, I mean, as a, a very, very rudimentary understanding of surfing, 
and how it scored. But uh, for yeah, for me, the armchair punter, I thought uh, he was you know maybe maybe uh, dealt a bad hand there. Uh, so that was a bit of tough luck for Owen, but he um, managed to shake it off, and um, he came up against Gabriel Medina in the bronze medal match, who was um, beaten by local hero Igarashi Kanoa, who posted a stunning nine point three three in their um, other semi in the other semi final to take out Medina. Wright was able to um, to get the job done there and get a close close hard fought victory. Um, and it was a great comeback story. We sure saw the emotion and the happiness it brought him. And uh, it was good to see Owen Wright, the boy from Wenning's Head. They bred him tough up there. Some of them, I'm sure. I thought he was from Colborough. Uh, he was actually um, born and raised in Colborough, but his family moved up there when wow. he was about 16. So... Um, that that was that was a great result for Aussie surfing. Unfortunately, Sally Fitzgibbons wasn't as fortunate. She went down this morning in her uh, quarterfinal, beaten by another Japanese surfer, Amuro Suzuki, in an albiter. Um, actually, it brings us to our second question of the uh, evening. Uh, it comes from Alec Duffy. Now he's asked, "Do you think the Olympics is at risk of losing its relevance due to the addition of modern-day sports such as surfing, skateboarding, rugby sevens, etc.?" Tom, what are your thoughts around that one? Yeah, look, I was kind of skeptical to begin with before uh, the games, particularly around surfing and skateboarding, as we hadn't seen them yet. Um, and I've actually, they've grown on me, to be honest, and actually, and seeing um, how much the gold medal or the medals mean to each of the competitors, I mean, it kind of reiterates that, you know, maybe maybe they do have a place in the games. Um, I was only saying to you blokes earlier, the day that esports um, gets a gig in the Olympics will be the day I start watching. So until that point, I'm happy um, with whatever's added in, as long as the Olympic gold medal remains the pinnacle of the sport. Absolutely, Tom. I couldn't agree more. I did share your scepticism about some of those uh, more sort of X-game sort of sports like skateboarding or sports climbing or surfing even, but the surfing today was terrific viewing um, and exactly right, mate, about the being the pinnacle of the sport. I mean, golf, we've got the Masters, we've got three Grand Slams, tennis, we've got Wimbledon, I'd say, the, the Masters and Wimbledon would be the pinnacle of those sports. So surfing, you obviously got Bells Beach. I don't think it's quite esteemed around the world as it is in Australia. So um, I really enjoyed that today. And I think that it's important to keep it, uh, the Olympics evolving as, as sport continues to change. Um, and I, I'd actually probably think that the biggest threat to the Olympics is probably the over-commercialization of it and the, the um, losing interest in, from countries hosting it. We saw Brisbane sort of go unopposed um, in their bid for 2032. So I'm all for it if it means that we're keeping the younger viewers engaged and we're not sort of going too far away from the pure Olympic values of faster, higher, stronger, are we? How about you, Ollie? Yeah, couldn't agree more with that one. Like you guys, I was um, sceptical. But, I mean, some of those sports have been awesome to watch, especially in these early stages. Um, and look at, really looking forward to watching the speed climbing. Uh, that's that looks like it. Uh, I don't know if we've got any Aussies competing. Al, you might be able to do a bit of do a bit of research into that one. But no, I'm it looks not like a sh- great event. Yeah, not too sure on that one, mate. I'm um, got my hands full getting through the chocker block first week at the moment. Don't, don't you worry, listeners. When the speed climbing comes around, you will get a comprehensive preview. 
of any Aussie competitor that's in it. Yeah, don't worry. The form guide will be out. We're throwing away the best bets for two weeks and we're doing our speed climbing next week. And just on those as well, who knew the Japanese were such good surfers and skateboarders? Terrific yeah. effort winning medals there. Um, going through the day, we had the hockey, the Kookaburras back in action. They continued their unbeaten streak against Argentina with a 5-2 win. And then we had the women's table tennis kicking off at 11. Now, this match didn't actually um, kick off until sort of 4.30, 5 o'clock this afternoon. So for any chase watchers out there, you might have missed your favourite show. Um, I know I certainly did watching Jan <laughs> Fang Lei. Um, we spoke about her last night and sort of quite a fairy tale story, a six Olympics, but it unfortunately came to a crashing end today against German Han Ying. Um, have to say, though, a truly incredible achievement for Jian to make a six Olympics appearance. And she can head back to Melbourne knowing that the whole country is right behind her and very proud of her achievements there. Uh, then 11 o'clock, we had the Taekwondo. Reba Stewart unfortunately went down to the pole, Alexandra Kovulchuk. And then at 11.30, the Rugby Sevens, we had another loss in the group stage in New Zealand. Fortunately, we were able to sneak through as the third highest qualifier, um, but that meant we were, had to play the might of the Flying Fijians, um, a team that has such depth that they can rest probably one of the best rugby, rugby union centres and one of the former best rugby league players in the world, Semi Radradra. The boys came out hard but went down fighting 19-0 meaning their quest for a medal's over, but I believe they might still have a, um, a playoff for fifth place later on in the week. Is that right, boys? Yeah, that's correct. They'll play off for fifth tomorrow, I think. Outstanding. Well, hopefully the boys can uh, bring home the fifth. They need to lift their performance. Yeah, I think there might be a, um, a real commission into the performance of the Rugby Sevens following uh, two pretty lean Olympic trials after, or two Olympic campaigns, I should say, after... Um, some pretty heavy investments in that in that program. Um, then we had the badminton. Unfortunate, unfortunately, uh, Setiana Mapasa and Gronja Somerville will not progress to the quarterfinals despite beating their Danish counterparts today. Um, but in better news, and you're probably surprised we haven't um, already started with this. We're probably the only media outlet in the country that didn't lead with this today. If you can, if you'd be um, generous enough to call us a media outlet was the uh, unbelievable performance by the great Kaylee McKeown winning gold and then probably upstaging uh, Ariana Titmus, or as we call her, the tit or the Terminator, um, her coach's celebrations by dropping an F-bomb after the race. Did you guys get to see that race today? I'm sure you did. Fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, outstanding race. Um, she, she looked uh, very comfortable and got into her work in that second 50 um, quite efficiently, came over the top. and Yeah, it's good to see the, the elation that she showed. And uh, look, we don't com- condone um, obscene uh, language on this show, but how fucking good was it to see? Absolutely. At least she didn't drop her, uh, a C-bomb. It was good race by M too. Yeah, she was in yeah, there as well. Yeah, fifth. Commendable effort, that. Yeah. And she's had a long and sort of successful career in the pool in the backstroke, which is quite a grueling event. I can't, I couldn't do it swimming straight. So fair play to them. Not that I'm good at many sports, as you'll attest to, boys. Uh, and then we had the men's hundred back, Mitch Larkin. He's another veteran of the swimming team. The C Bomb's ex boyfriend. Oh, there you go. Follow Oliver Lemke on Twitter for all your gossip, sporting gossip needs, everyone. Uh, now, Mitch, uh, the veteran, placed in seventh today. Uh, probably not his best swim, but 
he's going to still going to be a very key cog in the medley relay teams. And he's actually uh, in with a fighting medal chance in the 200 back um, tomorrow, as we'll go through a bit later. Um, but that race actually featured a bit of a boil over with Yevgeny Rilov beating out his Russian Olympic committee, not Russian teammate, I should add, Clement Kolesnikov. Um, and the Septic <laughs> I think that's a Kalashnikov. <laughs> I think you need to brush up on your Russian their comrade, Tom. Um, with the septic tank, Ryan Murphy taking out the bronze, adding another medal to the ever-growing list that seems to be the Yanks. Um, and this is actually quite a good result. Um, I mean, we're not the biggest Russian fans on here, but I think it's any anyone but America in the pool is our motto. It'd be great to see the Aussies take out the... Uh, the swimming medal tally. And this was the first year since 1996 of the games in Atlanta that the Yanks haven't won this event. So a good result there. Um, if you're looking on the bright side, then at 12, we had the judo, the women's 63 kilos. Katharina Haker went down to the Dutch judoka, Jules Fransen. Shout out to my compatriot there, Jules. Hope to, hope to see you for Heineken in Amsterdam next time I'm home. And then at 12.20, Wendy Chen, unfortunately, will not be progressing to the elimination round in the badminton women's singles after winning one and losing one of her group matches. Then at 12.50, another, another event I'm sure our listeners were tuned into very closely was the women's 60-59-kilogram weightlifting, which, Tommy, you provide us with an update on uh, the proud Darwin native Erica Yamasaki. Can you talk yeah, us through what happened there? We spoke about Erica last night and... Uh... She's the first and only uh, Australian woman to ever clean and jerk double her body weight. But uh, unfortunately, um, she was unable to kind of compete with the top uh, competitors in this event today. And I mentioned uh, the Chinese Taipei <coughs> Taiwan athlete uh, Kuo Xing Chun, uh, who won the event by staggering 19 kilos and setting an Olympic record in the process. So hats off to you. You'll probably, uh, Kuo, you'll probably be competing for China at the next Olympics, but it's good to see you take one home for Chinese Taipei. Yeah, either that or should be banned, but um, I'm not going to divulge into the reasons why that might be. Um, then keeping on the weight, women's weightlifting topic, Kiana Elliott, I believe that was a bit of a late starter tonight. I, I believe that's still running. So unfortunately, there's no update there. You might have to use your best friend Google there, listeners. Um, and then at one o'clock, the Koreans continued their awesome run in the archery. Uh, we had three blokes in the men's individual with Taylor Worth, Ryan Tyak, and David Barnes competing in the in the preliminary rounds. Um, Taylor finished the best of the Aussies in 39th place, but the Koreans have now won the men's individual, the men's team, the women's team, and the mixed team events in Tokyo. So who knew the the Koreans were such sharpshooters there? They're um and they're female. Top female uh, competitor or women's competitor has qualified top, um, and the, I believe the women's women's individual events on tomorrow. So they'll be going for uh, a clean sweep of the archery medals. Outstanding! I did actually catch the, the the men's team archery yesterday. I think it was. Um, it's actually quite interesting with the with the three blokes lining up and then having combined 120 minutes, 120 seconds to to shoot every in every round. Um, but yeah, maybe that's just me. Um, over to you, Ollie. You've been keeping a keen eye out on the, the sailing regattas, haven't you? Yeah, mate, I have. Um, we had the women's 49er FX today. Um, Tess Lloyd and Jamie Ryan finished in ninth, 11th, and 7th in the three races. They sit in 18th overall. 
Uh, the women's laser radial, Mara Stransky continued. She went, she finished 19th, 16th, and 16th. She sits in ninth overall with uh, seven races to go. And it was a big, big day for my boy, Matty Wern. He finished fourth, second, and second in today's three races. He now sits in second spot overall with four races to go. So a real chance at a medal there for Matty Wern. Um, and then, yeah, we also had the men's 49ers today, not the San Francisco variety, but the sailing variety. So we had the Sorrento-based Phillips brothers finishing seventh in race one. Uh, races two and three are actually cancelled due to inclement weather. I think there's a bit of a typhoon hitting Tokyo. So um, I'm not too sure about how they will fit in the catch-up races, but with plenty of time left in the games, I'm sure they'll have no trouble fitting them in. And, and good luck to you, boys. Seventh out of, I think there's about 20 competitors in that. So that's a cracking start. You know, what I believe is their first Olympics. Then at three o'clock today, another painful one, staying in the boats, but Jess Fox taking out the bronze medal. She's sort of been dominant in this event for a number of years. That's the women's K1 kayaking uh, slalom, I should say. It was a bit of a painful result for everyone to take. And while she should be so proud of her own effort there, um, she was so close to getting that elusive gold after winning silver as an 18-year-old in London and then backing it up with back-to-back bronzes in Rio and now in Tokyo. Um, I'm sure you guys watching this as closely as I was this afternoon. Yeah, it's a stressful event, isn't it, the uh, slalom? But um, it was good to watch. Unfortunately for Jess, she just hit too many of the um, the barriers. So she had a, I think she had a four-second penalty and she lost by uh, under two seconds. So it was a tough one to take, tough one to swallow. But she'll be back in the um, C1, um, which is, I think it's her first appearance in the canoeing which kicks yeah, off think, on Thursday. I think the first time the women's C1's been in, the slalom's been in the Olympics. Don't quote me on that one, but um, she'll have a, re- a redemption shot anyway. But, yeah, it was very painful to take, to see her touch that uh, that last gate ever so slightly. But um, she can be very proud with that bronze. Yeah, it's quite a brutal sport, isn't it? Not much margin for error there. Um, and then you saw some pretty pretty sad scenes with a couple of the girls missing the gates and copying 50-second penalties, which we sort of likened in our group chat today to famously Jane Saddle copying the red paddle at Sydney and sort of ruining your event before it's all over anyway. Um, out of the boats and under the bikes, we had the women's cross-country. Aussie Rebecca McConnell finished 28th in that. Um, a terrific effort considering that every single spot on the podium was claimed by the Swiss. Luckily, over there, they've got plenty of mountains to practice on. Probably, probably don't have that luxury in Australia. And then we had the women's football tonight. We sort of spoke about how the Matildas were pretty much guaranteed to go through, pending a big upset in the in the Dutch and, and Brazilian games. Um, and probably to be expected, it ended in a dour nil-all draw. So both sides should be progressing to the knockout stage. So not the Matildas' strongest results, but after copying the hardest possible draw they could before the Olympics, I'm sure they'll take the four points and uh, be backing themselves every way in the, in the playoffs. Um, on a not so good note, the Opals actually went down tonight in shock loss to the Belgians. That's our women's basketball team for any of our listeners out there who aren't that familiar with our national basketball teams. The girls obviously missing Liz Cambridge for reasons we won't discuss. Uh, we're coming into the game in pretty good touch after knocking off the Americans in the Las Vegas pre-tournament friendlies. Um, but they fought back after a pretty poor first quarter to lead by one point heading into the last quarter, but the Belgians ran right. Um, just dominating our girls in the last quarter, winning it by 16 points and taking out the game by 15. So I'm back. Liz always forgiven. 
Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, hopefully she's all right and coping with her mental health because that's something we take very seriously here on the pod. Um, and then we had the swimming heats tonight, one we've all been looking forward to with big King Kyle back in defending his 100-meter freestyle crown from Rio. Um, he, I think he qualified third fastest behind an Italian and the famous Caleb Dressel. That was a cracking heat that they, those two were in as well. Hopefully those two pushed each other and uh, burned a bit more gas than they would have liked to while King Kyle in his usual style. Um, I didn't mean to rhyme, but I'm glad it did. Um, went out pretty slowly in the first 50 and came home like an absolute gun, which he is. Um, and that's something we've, we've grown accustomed to seeing. So ready to see him get through. And then unfortunately, Cam McAvoy, it's probably his best days now behind him. He sort of failed to fire a shot in the relay heats yesterday. I think he was left out of the relay team in the end. He was, yeah. Um, so he failed to progress through to the semis. Um, then we had the women's 200-metre fly. Uh, the heats of that one, Brianna Thrussell's qualified ninth fastest for the semis. And then we've had Zach Subtlety-Cook. We spoke about him hitting a, hitting a great time in the Adelaide trials. Um, he swam a big race tonight to track, to track down the mighty Dutchman Kaminga, and they finished equal first in their heat. Is that right? Or yeah, is that- dead heat. Yeah. And then so hit, those two go through as the fastest qualifier. So yeah. perhaps um, where we look to be right in the hunt in there as well, which is great to see. It's 200 breaststrokes. It'd be quite a grueling event um, to yeah. swim and also to watch. Um, but yeah. And then Maddie Wilson is also, sorry, that's Matt Wilson, not Maddie Wilson of the four by 200 meter freestyle female team, which we'll get through a bit later in the schedule. Um, he's also qualified for the semis with a big swim tonight. Um, and then we had the men's four by 200 meter relay. Our loyal listeners will know that I've been harping on about our chances here. Um, it was an event we won gold in, in the com games, and we've had quite a strong set of 400 meter swimmers and Kyle Chalmers also qualified for this, but chose to set it out to us to sit it out, focusing on the 100 instead. Uh, that's another one we'll get through later on in the show, but it looks to be a big match race against the Brits looming after they Quinella, the 200, the 200 free today. Um, the last two events today, also in the pool, we had Jack McLaughlin in the 800 meters free. I believe those heats are still going. Can you provide an update there, Tom? He finished third in his heat out, um, but I can't give you a confirmation as to whether he's progressed to the final. That's all right. Well, I'm sure that we'll find out tomorrow anyway. Um, hope, fingers crossed for him. He can back up his silver medal in the 400 with a big swim um, tomorrow if he qualified for the final. And then, Ollie, we had the Australia versus Croatia water polo kickoff at 8.50. Um, we're coming to a bit past 10 o'clock. I know we had a 10-6 lead at one point. Is that right? Yeah, we did. Um, and the game finished 11-8. Three goals to Richard Campbell. So that's a great um, result for the Sharks. And shout out to you, Dickie. Patrick Hero Dickie. What a man. All right. That's a wrap for today's events. Onwards to tomorrow. Uh, plenty more events where we're looking big chances for medals. So keen to get into that with you boys. Um, kicking off at 9.10, we've got the rowing B finals. The women's double skulls are our lone representatives in that. I believe the rowing finals got pushed back from, t- from today until tomorrow due to the typhoon hitting. Um, so Amanda Bateman and Tara Rigney will be rowing for a bit of pride after missing the A finals. Then we've got the beach volleyball men's preliminary round. Chris McEwen, Damien Schumann against the Spanish pairing of Gavira and Herrera. Uh, I believe that the boys have already lost two of their games, so not looking likely that they're going to go through. 
And then at 10 o'clock as well, we've got our favourite shooting event here on the podcast, the Women's Trap. Um, we've got Letitia Scanlon and Penny Smith. Um, so looking forward to them getting the guns out and, and shooting up a storm. Tommy, one you've been looking forward to, one we've all been looking forward to on the show, the rowing A-finals. We've got four crews in, in the fours and the um, quadruple skulls well, tomorrow. Yep. So can you take us through what's happening there? Yeah, it's going to be a big day out in the shipping canal tomorrow. Um, so as you said, Al, we've got the men's and women's fours and the, the men's and women's quads. Um, and, you know, particularly the men's and women's fours, they're, they're going into this in red hot form. The um, the boys, Alex Purnell, Spencer Tarrant, Jack Hargroves and Alex Hill, they qualified fastest um, heading into the final, edging out. Um, the very strong British crew, um, they would be considered the pre-race favourites, the Brits. Um, but it seems as though the Aussies might have regained some of their form from a few years ago that see them the be- that, that they were the best crew in the world. Um, so that's going to be a cracking race, followed by the women's four um, of Lucy Stephen, Rosemary Popper, Jessica Morris and Annabelle McIntyre. Um, now, they actually, they qualified fastest as well. Um, and they'll be uh, heading into this race next to a fairly formidable Dutch crew. Um, so, you know, in the heat, the girls uh, stormed to victory there. And, you know, for anyone that listened to the pod, they'd know that uh, Annabelle McIntyre and Jessica Morrison, they actually rode the pair before that heat. Um, so they, you know, were no doubt tired, but did well to push through and qualify fastest. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do fresh. Um, the extra day of rest probably playing into our favour there. Yeah, absolutely. The, the typhoon hitting. Yeah, so those two races would be crackers. And then we've got the men's quad, Jack Cleary, Calabantil, uh, Cam Girdleson and Luke Letcher. Um, so they've qualified fourth fastest in their field, oozing with talent and class. So the Dutch, the Poles and the Italians, um, they're the three fastest qualifiers. Um, but, you know, I think if we got a medal in this event, it'd be an outstanding achievement. And then to the women's squad of Rhea Thompson, Rowena Meredith, Harriet Hudson and Caitlin Cronin. Um, they actually uh, made the, the A final the hard way. So they won, they had to go through the rep charge. Um, they won their rep charge um, on Monday and they, you know, they, they actually managed to get out in front early and they held on to the lead. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, go about the same tactic tomorrow, albeit in a, in a much stronger field. Um, so those are the, the four finals we feature in or A finals we feature in tomorrow. Um, plus we've got some heats of the rowing as well, which I'll be talking about in a little bit as well. So plenty, plenty to look forward to out in the Tokyo shipping lane. Yeah, plenty on the water. And I think we've won all of our medals either in or on the water so far. So long may that, long may that continue until our, um, our land-based athletes pull their heads in and um, start chipping into the medal tally. Um, not quite land-based, but I believe it's in the stadium this year. We've then got the beach volleyball, the women's beach volleyball. So we've got Mariafe Artacho del Solar and Taliqua Clancy looking to back up their first round win in a big second round tie, second round group game, I should say, against the Italians tomorrow. And then back in the water we go, Ollie. We've got the, the swimming finals at 11.30. We're all looking forward to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the first one's the one we've all been waiting for, the women's 200-metre free, otherwise known as the Tit Versla Deck round two. Uh, absolute must watch for anyone out there. Uh, the tip looks superb in the pool this morning. She'll be very tough to beat, particularly with Ledecky having to back up just an hour later and swim the 1,500 metres, which is an outstanding feat. 
the women's 200 meter individual medley. Again, no Aussies in this one, but Kate Douglas from the US is a hot favorite and expect a big challenge from Abby Wood from the UK and Yui Ohashi from Japan. Interestingly, Kaylee McEwen, who won the gold today, dropped this event last week and she was a favorite heading into it as she believed her schedule was too heavy. Uh, I think her decision was probably justified in a gold medal today. Um, as I mentioned before, the women's 1500 metres where Ledeck is the hot favourite um, and then the men's 4 by 200 metre freestyle relay. We've talked up the Aussie boys all week. Um, the Brits are going to be very hard to beat. They got the Quinella in the 200 metres individual swim earlier in the week. Uh, the, uh, the Poms look very strong tonight. Anything is possible, though. We've got King Kyle coming into the squad. Three Aussie events there that were um, real chance at the medals. So tune in from 11.30 for all that action. Yeah, And, um, and may I say, long live King Kyle. <laughs> I, think, I actually think the secret to success is getting ink, getting tatted up. Just that bit of attitude in the pool. Yeah. It's worked for him. It's worked for Petey. Uh, Dressel. Petey. Caleb Dressel Caleb as well, Dressel. of course. That's it. Bit of attitude. It's something we're stuff not tickers. Yeah. <laughs> Typically not your um, toughest, toughest competitors, the swimmers either, in terms of um, they're choosing a non-contact sport. No offense to any swimming fans out there. Gailey McCune, she had a uh, she has a tattoo on her foot. I don't know if that counts, but all right. And then we're back into the, the square circle tomorrow. I love the boxing and the women's featherweight. We've got Sky Nicholson. She's in the quarterfinals against Arding saw from Great Britain. So we love a bit of Aussie versus English action. And there's nothing better than batting a pom. So big ups to you, Sky. Hopefully you can get the job done tomorrow. And then we've also got the women's middleweight, which is actually the top um, weight class in the women's boxing. We've got Caitlin Parker up against the Panamanian Athena Bylon in the round of 16. Panama, quite a strong boxing country, the home of the famous Roberto Duran. Mm. Um, known for his trilogy of fights against Sugar Ray Leonard in the 80s and uh, the, the subject of a cracking boxing film, one of my favourites called Hands of Stone. I recommend that one for any sports movie buffs who haven't who need a bit of uh, lockdown viewing. Um, and then sticking with the contact sports, also kicking off at midday, we've got Aoife Coughlin versus Kinawa Biribo from Kiribati in the women's 70 kilo judo. Um, so hopefully Aoife can... Um, She's got an Irish name. Hopefully she can um, fight like a drunk Irishman tomorrow and, and progress into the next round. After that, we've got this, the this, uh, women's road cycling. We've got the women's time trial. I think both time trials run tomorrow. We'll get through the men's time trial a little bit later. Um, Tiff Cromwell's backing up from a 26 in the road race. And then we've got Amanda Spratt as well backing up. Um, she actually failed to finish the road race, but she's a two-time world championship medalist. So looking for a big bounce back there. And I'm sure she'll be hungry um, for some metal, some, for some gold action. And then I believe we are then back to the, your favorite, um, Tokyo venue, the shipping lane, Tommy, is that right? Yeah. We've got some, uh, semis in the afternoon, semis and repercharge. charge. So the men's paired, Sam Hardy and Josh Hicks, they had a, a cracking heat, um, and be looking to consolidate their form, um, and move into the A final. So this is all. This starts from one. Then following that, we've got the women's pair, um, another semi, and that's going to be contested by the stern pair of the women's four, Annabelle McIntyre and Jessica Morrison. So I, don't, I don't, honestly don't understand how these women do it. Um, how they're back. You know, let's hope they're backing up from a gold medal win, 
into a semi into a semi final in the pair, which would be very difficult. Um, but they looked very good in their heat, so let's hope they can uh, keep that form up and move on to another final. And then both the men's and the women's eight are in the repercharge. charge, um, so they're going to do it tough if they are to go into the A final. Um, both were quite disappointing in their heats, but you know, hopefully there's a change of fortune then and they can both go through, but they're going to have a lot of ground to make up um, to get into the final in what's generally, you know, a very, very competitive um, event, the eights. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of um, the Aussie involvement in the rowing tomorrow afternoon. Uh, and then at 105, we're heading to the sailing. So we got Matt Belcher and Will Ryan. They get their campaign underway in the men's 470. They'll be looking to get off a good good start. Will and old John's alumni. Shout out to you, Will. We've got the 49er continuing um, after they'll postpone today. The Phillips brothers will be looking to they're finishing they've they finished seventh. So they'll be looking to improve on that. Um, and then race three and four in the fin, Jake Lilly. Top 10 finish in the first two races today. So he'll be hoping to have another big day. Yep. And then back to um, women's C1 slalom, as we touched on. I think it's in its Olympic debut. Um, as we as we alluded to, Jess Fox still in the, on the hunt for that elusive first gold medal. She's dominated this and she's dominated the K1 in recent times. So hopefully luck turns and she can get that elusive gold medal, which is the first of many to come over the years. Um, then we get back to the boxing. We've got our favourite Eshays Olympian, Mr. Harry Garside from Melbourne against one of the great Olympic names they've thrown up this year, Mr. Jonas Jonas from Namibia in the round of 16. So hopefully Harry can get the job done there. And yeah. I've seen cool. the Namibians play rugby a few times and hopefully their boxing ability matches that. Well, yeah. Fourth Jonas brother. Well, we want to see big Harry on the staunch, on the urch in the ring there tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, I did watch him in the uh, round of 32. He's a good boxer, um, but he'll be up against it. With Jonas Jonas. Absolutely. And then we've got the, the men's cycling time trial following the women's one. And so we've got two pretty big name cyclists um, in action here. Rowan Dennis and Richie Port, both well known across the, the classic European um, cycling scheduling. Um, both very accomplished, but Rowan Dennis is, seems to be the more fancied Aussie tomorrow. He's, he's right up there in the betting market, so I might have a slight flutter in him myself. Rowan actually famously started his career on the track, but he's seen a lot of success on the road in recent times. He's actually won back-to-back gold medals in this, in this event, the time trial, the 2018-19 World Champs. So fingers crossed he can bring, recapture that form tomorrow and um, bring it to the table and bring home our first land-based gold. And then another one I'm very excited for tomorrow, the Boomers back in action, probably in my most anticipated Olympic team coming into this Olympics. Uh, very excited by their first win against a pretty solid Nigerian side, but um, we actually ha- had quite a tricky draw. So we're playing another pretty strong um, side tomorrow. The Italians, led by um, former M- former uh, lottery pick in the NBA, Danilo Gallinari. They've also got a couple of other NBA big names, including Nicolo Melli and Nico Mannion, who was drafted to the Mighty Warriors this year. So I believe Steph Curry hasn't taught him too much. And that the uh, boys can, led by Paddy Mills, of course, can um, continue our, our hot start there. Uh, then, speaking of hot starts, we've got the Hockey Roos up against the Japanese. The Hockey Roos, obviously unbeaten so far. We're unbeaten across both the men's and the women's hockey. So off to a red hot start there. Um, both coming off a, 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 quite a number of disappointing Olympic series. Um, 
So they've come off, they're coming off a 6 0 demolition of China and they're playing against the hosts who are yet to win. So I'd probably like to pencil in another win there, but um, we've got to take each game as it comes, as the cliche states. Um, and then at eight o'clock, the swimming continues. We've got Emma McKeon and Kate Campbell fresh off their 100 meter, four by 100 meter freestyle relay gold and world record. They're the two favorites in that event. So looking for a hot start from both of them. Kate Campbell, obviously was the, the probably one of the more fancied gold hopes in this event at, at Rio and um, sort of struggled in the final. Then we've got the men's 200 back, Tristan Hollard's in that one. I'm a bit surprised not to see Mitch Larkin in there as well. Um, but hopefully he's uh, focusing on the relays and he's also in the men's um, 200 IM later, later on that night as well. Um, then we've got the women's 200 breaststroke, Abby Harkin and Jenna Strouch in there. And then another massive medal hope, the, the women's 4 by 200 meter relay team uh, are looking to continue their good form in the, the women's relays, um, obviously led by the people's champ, the tit or the terminator, as I like to call her. So big things coming up there. And then rounding out the night, we've got another ho- big hockey match with the Kookaburras and an Anzac clash against the Kiwis. Um, as I've already said, hockey started strongly the Kiwis have actually been a, quite an improver in recent years in the hockey, so that'll be a tough game for the boys. Um, but hopefully we can keep our um, unbeaten streak at the Oi Hockey Stadium alive tomorrow night. Um, just another one to shout out. Uh, the schedule's yet to be formally announced with a bit of crossover between the doubles and the singles, but we've got two Australian women's doubles teams in the tennis with Ash Barty and Storm Sanders, as well as Sam Stozer and Ellen Perez. That Both of those teams have made the quarters and they're on opposite sides of the draw there. So, and all women's doubles final is well and truly on the card. So wouldn't that be great to see boys? Absolutely. Um, and then we're also, uh, that brings us to an end of the day five action from Tokyo. Um, just a couple of notes before we get to our much anticipated closing questions for another evening. Um, we're still yet to, to hear from our resident athlete in Tokyo um, who listens to the show each and every night. Um, so please get in touch at ozlympics at gmail.com or hit us up on Tokyo's at Tokyo's 2020 on Twitter. Um, and as well as that, Ryan Rosillo, we know you're listening, mate. Stop being a coward and apologize. And then I think that'll probably wrap us up for this evening. So we'll finish on a lighter note with another, uh, another quick question to hope, help get to know your host a bit better. So we'll start with you, Tommy. So interestingly, as I've alluded to a number of times tonight, all of our medals so far have either come in or on the water. What aquatic event would you like to see added to the Olympics for Brisbane 2032? Jeez, tough one. Um, I was probably going to go a different tact and maybe uh, look at the introduction of Marco Polo uh, as a sport. Um, I'm kind of yet to formulate fully how it would work as a competition in my mind, but I'm thinking at the moment you'd have like an independent person uh as marco like blindfolded and then teams uh (laughs) in a big pool spread out um teams of two i don't know how it would work but i think think it would uh think it'd be a great addition and i think it's something that the aussies through our numerous uh hot summers spent in backyard pools we dominate in yeah Uh, yeah al what do you reckon Ah, uh, I'm still thinking about it, mate, to be honest. It's a bit of a tricky one. I think the Italians would be pretty good at that. That's, I think that's where Marco Polo is actually from. So just while I'm sort of thinking it over my head, I'd like to let you give a shout out there, Ollie. What's your answer? 
Yeah, mate, it's a tough one. Um, I'd probably like to get um, something that would get our Western Sydney Lebanese community right involved in the Olympics. Um, also those based on the, on the glitter strip up on the Gold Coast. Maybe uh, jet ski racing. I don't mind that. <laughs> I don't mind that at all. I think um, if there's ever the Bangkok Olympics, I know there's a bit of a brought going on with some of the, the local jet ski hirers out in Koh Samui and Phuket. So maybe Did they'd you- have some jet skis <laughs> for the boys to practice on. Yeah. Picture it in um, Brisbane th- 2032. Down they could the host brown. it on the Gold Coast. Oh, on the brown brown. How good would that be? <laughs> all the rednecks there the, in droves. Alternatively, let's get it in for uh, the Paris Olympics and get them going down the Seine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that would go down with the Parisians, but um, maybe that's one we should forward on to Thomas Bach and the IOC for consideration at the next Olympics. I've actually um, gone a bit different here, boys, and it, it does include a jet ski, but it, it also includes a new addition to this Olympics. I'd like to see the big wave surfing come in. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, it's a pretty niche event in terms of the amount of places around the world that could have it, but there's nothing like seeing um, those tough bastards getting towed in on a jet ski and um, seeing it, you know, a hundred foot wall of water coming behind them and um, I think it would be an awesome thing to have and probably the scariest event in any Olympics. Kobe Abaddon. Kobe Abaddon might make, make an appearance to win the gold. Yeah. He's a um, big Souths fan. Thanks. Good <laughs> shout out to you there, Kobe. Say good out of my mate Sutto if he's listening. Uh, but yeah. All right, boys. I think that'll probably do us for this evening. Ollie, thanks so much for your, for your time and your contributions as always. Thanks, Al. Listeners, don't forget to reach out. We've enjoyed the questions today from uh, Hilly and Duff. Yep. Olympics at gmail.com. And thanks to you, Hilly and Duff, as well. And, of course, thanks to you, Tommy. Insightful, as always. Thank you very much, Al. Looking forward to tomorrow night's episode. Yeah, here's hoping we're celebrating a few more golds, including Big Hog in the uh, the men's Coxless Four. That's it. All right. Thanks, listeners. Hope you enjoy day five at Tokyo. Arigato.